listening to Let's Be Honest with your host, Just Jonda. Welcome to Let's Be Honest. I'm your host, Just Jonda, and I am here this week to talk about Ready to Love DC on OWN. If you've been following my podcast, and I hope you have, you probably are like, where's Ready to Love? Did the crew forget about Ready to Love? Absolutely not. This has just been a crazy couple of weeks with scheduling and coordinating everybody. And tonight, the crew has left me by myself, but that's fine. Because again, if you're a regular, just uh, let's be honest with Just Jonda member then or listener, then you know that most of the time I do the podcast by myself anyway. But yes, typically ready to love. I've got uh, Hope or Riri um, or Sean with me. And I know everybody's going to miss Sean because he gives us that male perspective that we love so much. So Sean will be back next week. We just all had a lot going on and I did not want to leave our ready to love listeners hanging. I also am finishing up the final edits uh, on my book and well my contrib my contribution for uh to a book anthology which will be coming out within the next three weeks it will also be on amazon i'll be talking a lot more about that uh provide and providing links to order and there's a special gift for pre-ordering and that book is called the parenting odyssey and my feature in the book is specifically about overachieving at everything except parenting so we're going to do a special episode about that and also bring in some of the other individuals who contributed to the book and i think you'll like that as well so all of that blah 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 later later let's get down to business with ready to love we're going to recap and catch up on episodes four and five and as always you are going to get my opinion on this I'm still giving a lot of folks the side eye. And guess what? This week, I don't have Sean to fight with me about who I'm giving the side eye to. Yay! No. <laughs> no, I'm just being crazy. I, you know, I love having someone to spar with on this one. But yeah, there's a few people that I'm like, Okay, so let's go back to episode four, because I think that at least with a few people, it provides us a good setup for what we are going to see in episode five, which was uh, the episode that aired last Friday. What was that? The 5th of, uh, of November. So episode four aired on the 29th, right before Halloween. So we start out with the date between Frank and Aisha. Now, there's nothing surprising about how this went. He's, you know, trying to be Mr. Smoky Smooth, Mr. Teddy Bear. Uh, those two had 
an instant. Um, and by the way, uh, episode four, it's the men's week to send somebody home. So anyway, uh, those two had an easy chemistry from day one. She's a few years older than him. Frank actually looks older than he is. I still get slicky boy vibes from him. And it's not just because he has a profession that puts him in the nightlife. That doesn't help, but that doesn't preclude somebody from wanting to find love. I just, um, I don't know. I'm going to have to look at him a little a bit more. I know that people like him. I still feel like uh, it's his confidence is more, I, I'm getting a, a little bit too much Rico Suave from him. Maybe I'm giving him grief because of the voice. I don't know. But at any rate, uh, Aisha likes him. I got to be honest, the more I get of Aisha between episode four and five, not that I ever disliked her, but I'm just saying she is one of those people that the more I get to know her, the more I love her. Uh, she's obviously beautiful, confident, love the way she talks about her kids. Uh, I just like how open she is. She is one of those people where what you see is what you get. I definitely don't get the impression that she is here for anything but the right reasons. She is definitely a, a strong personality, but it's very clear she knows how to be soft. Aisha is also one of those friends or cousins that you want on your side because there is no question that she is the friend you call in the middle of the night if you have to run up on somebody, especially if, it, you know, a, a brother done you wrong. Aisha is the bestie or the cousin that you call, but at the same time, just like she'll go and help you bust some windows out of somebody's car, she is uh, clearly uh, somebody who would probably give you the shirt off your back, and that's the, the kind of best friend to have. So I, I just love Aisha. I can see why the men want her and she's certainly, uh, from a female perspective, somebody that I'd love being besties with. So loving me some Aisha. And it also may be that she gives off real grown woman vibes. It's not an act. That's just who she is. Next, we have the wrap-up of Tyrone and Carrie. I know that there is a lot of disagreement out there about this because people feel like uh, there's some there's a school of thought that feels like uh, Carrie came off a little thirsty, etc. And even Sean and I uh, went back and forth about this in episode three. So just a little recap. The reason why at this point, uh, Carrie and Tyrone went out. It had nothing to do with trying to rekindle anything. It really was more so a follow-up to the fact that they were dating, talking on the phone for however much, because remember, Ready to Love is a little bit different. They don't all live in the same house or on an island or what have you, like we're used to from pretty much all the dating shows and certainly the standard that has outlasted everybody, which is The Bachelor or The Bachelor in Paradise, and even some of the shows that come on, come and go on uh, on MTV or VH1, 
there's a lot that goes on off camera not only because we just there's just no way for them to possibly show us everything but also because of the fact that they do a lot of talking on the phone and dating you know from their respective abodes and and in the midst of living their everyday lives so we don't get a real sense other than what they tell us and then it's just kind of like what how that happened um we don't get a real sense of how often people are communicating and why some of these bonds uh to for some of them may feel deeper than others um you know because we don't get even a snapshot of seeing them spending hours on the phone and and some of the other things that uh, several of the singles contestants i guess we'll call them singles uh several of the singles have said and so when it comes to Carrie and Tyrone, apparently there was at least a date as well as telephone conversations. And apparently she followed up with him for what I guess he felt like was her wanting reassurance or what have you. But for her and probably many people, uh, especially being a, a woman, for her probably just felt like she was just flirting with him but you know she's flirting with him that is in a way that is also conveying to him hey i like you and i want to get with you and remember this is an expedited process no it is not like the bachelor one of them where there is an expectation of an engagement at the end but still an expectation of pairing up and the process is only about based on information gleaned from former cast members the process is actually only about four weeks long if we just see it over the course of i don't know eight or nine but it is actually a very short process most of which we don't even see for a variety of reasons so anywho she says to uh she she they go back and forth and essentially she tells him that she felt some kind of way about the way that he handled letting her know that he was no longer interested and again like i said at the outset there was a bit of controversy about this now this is my take on it when the women met Carrie did not talk about Tyrone initially any more than anybody else did. Tommy asked them, how's everything been going? Obviously, everybody is sharing information and they are encouraged to. Why? Because again, most of it we don't see. We never saw the, the, the date between Carrie and Tyrone, good or bad. So that's a prime example. We've got all of this stuff that comes out of a date we never saw either way so she talks about 
everybody talks about their week. She talks about her week. Yes, she expressed that she was a bit disappointed, but that was it. It wasn't until Shiloh, and I think if you listened to Sean and I a couple of weeks ago when we when we talked about episode three, we talked about this and I made that point then. When Shiloh followed up, and I like Shiloh, but you know, not everything needs to be said, boo. When she followed up with the fact that Tyrone called her, and not only did he call her, but he called her with the express purpose, apparently, or at least in part of his counseling phone call with Shiloh. We'll get to that later. He t- gave her this information, or, or, or as we now see based on episode five, I guess in his own way, he was confiding in someone that he was he liked or was growing to like and gave her some information that either a he should have told carrie or b kept to himself or c if he chose not to tell carrie and not to keep it to himself the person that he told shiloh should have kept it to herself and that is when Carrie got upset. No, she didn't go off. She didn't act whatever. If nothing, if we don't see or haven't seen anything else about Carrie, she's very much a lady. Um, and that's, that's just where we are. And it makes me sad it, uh, because if the, her only connection or her main connection, not only connection, but if her main connection was with Tyrone, well, we see where that went. And and that is was probably a concern too that wasn't expressed. At any rate, I think when we saw her meet with Tyrone, at least for me, we saw firsthand uh, how poorly he communicates in, in terms of like when he is no longer interested in somebody, he, I apologize for that. I forgot to mute my windows. When he's no longer interested in someone, he says things in a way that almost makes it seem like something is wrong with them. Like, well, I saw you looking at me from across the room and then they showed a recap. She wasn't really looking at him. That was his own insecurity, anxiety, socially challenged um way of dealing with the fact that he's talking to other women um and he's just this this is just not the type of environment for him to find love in so i'm not going to dwell too much on tyrone because we're going to get a lot more into him on episode five so we're going to put a pin in that bottom line is I, I, you know, I'm 50-50 on, on he and Carrie meeting up. I, I don't have an issue with them doing it, it, with them meeting up, but, you know, I don't necessarily think it had to happen either. I think it was more so for television and probably very producer-driven despite it being conveyed to us as viewers that this was a meeting that Carrie insisted on. Next, we have the four-way date between Stalker, a.k.a. Camille, Cornelius, also known as Corny, Corey, and Courtney. They meet and they go to the skating rink. Now, this is yet another one of these dates that we kind of get the sense that Camille 
wants to be on so that she could see how the vibe is going, particularly with Courtney, because while she doesn't want anybody around uh, around Cornelius, she seems to be specifically threatened by Courtney. And, you know, I suppose if she is insisting upon being threatened by somebody instead of just doing her own thing and not being concerned about all that, uh, I, I would, I would venture to say Courtney would be that one because she probably would be right there. Uh, in, um, and, and I'm not even talking about from Courtney's perspective, although she clearly likes, uh, Cornelius as well, but, uh, even from Cornelius's perspective, if he had a choice to toss Camille right now and and just snap decision, choose somebody else, it would be Courtney. And, and that seemed fairly clear from the beginning. Do I think they are necessarily a, a good match? Not really, because I've, I've got some concerns about court uh gosh these names cornelius and um his level of assertiveness and readiness and and all of that but um and and i think that courtney's energy not in a bad way at all may be a bit much for him but then again it may be just what he needs either way if i were camille given her level of you know cray cray energy Courtney would not be the person I'd want to double date with because if you're going to be threatened by somebody, uh, it's her. At any rate, Courtney is there with Corey. Corey, she, he is being Corey. He is being, uh, you know, I told you all, I feel like he looks like Bud, uh, Rudy's bestie from the Cosby show. Uh, but he gives off the energy of Roger as in go home Roger from sister, sister. And he was absolutely in full Roger mode, uh, at the skating rink and he's showing off for her a little bit. Uh, I think she did say that he was a Kappa. Not surprising. It's funny because I, I I know at least three Kappas that I swear they could be twins of Corey's. But anyway, so of course he's using that as a means of giving her some party walking and all that. They didn't show it, but she said it. Uh, Cornelius and Cor oh gosh, these names C and K <laughs> because she is Camille with a K. Uh, Cornelius and Stalker are you know, just kind of sitting on the couch. She's being a little too much as usual. He's looking interested yet uncomfortable as usual. Nothing new there. I will tell you where I felt uncomfortable is there was a point where Corey and Courtney were talking and Courtney was against the wall. Now this is before the flowers and he is all up in her personal space to the point where you could see that her energy, her her body was off. It was one of those things where her discomfort was palpable enough for me to feel uncomfortable 
watching it and he just did not see it now did she relax a bit yes but it was just very uncomfortable just the you get too close you get up in people's space and and um i think it's one of those things that especially for my male listeners if you um, if you didn't see it just watch that again it's it put me back in mind of one of those things that if you have daughters you have to um talk to them early about making clear if they don't and sons okay daughters and sons but i'm mentioning daughters in particular because uh boys most of the time it's it's certainly once they get to a certain age don't have a problem uh telling somebody to get out of their personal space and for obvious reasons uh boys don't often get into one another's personal space because of how they may feel it looks to passers-by whereas girls are often taught early on right from those instances where you have those aunties and uncles that you don't see many times of year of many times a year or maybe you're just not somebody who likes everybody up on you and you don't want to hug them and then the grown-ups or your parents are like you better hug so and so yeah no actually really all i should have to do is be polite and say hello and please and thank you i really shouldn't have to actually allows somebody into my personal circle i and again i say that because in looking at that energy what happens when especially with women and girls is that we just learn to grin and bear it and before you know it you are not using your voice even as an adult a strong adult an assertive adult but when it comes to certain things like that it's it's almost second nature to capitulate when it comes to not uh speaking up to your uh for yourself and your body autonomy okay off my soapbox but um so they move on he gives her some flowers Corey, of course is the king of the i guess little pull rabbit out of his hat type thing you know he always goes places early and leaves flowers and whatever she was impressed by it a lot of us are impressed by it it was adorable i just just right after that other scene i was a little thrown off and remember at this point if you listen to sean and i on episode three we turned a corner and are actually rooting for Corey um, in the way that you root for the jacked up cousin or nephew that you're like, he's not a bad guy. He just doesn't have good game. Maybe he'll learn and, and find love the next time. So that's kind of the way I was feeling about him at that point. So I gave it the, oh, just like anybody else. So that's that foursome. Uh, Stalker and Corn Cornelius or Corny, um, they were done. I'm going to call him Corny. I'm going to call her Stalker. You don't have to like it. Next, we have Walter and Mumin. They went on a date. I 
I had no doubt that these two were going to get along. Mumin thus far seems to be relatively chill. Uh, it's almost too chill when you put her next to um, next to Stalker because they have a similar look. So, and, and just to refresh you, Mumin was the one who went out with Corey and they had the little park date, I guess they were in a park and she seemed to like him. Walter is still giving me this season's Joel tease, but I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to try and be kind because even though I get that vibe from him, they really haven't shown him one-on-one -on -one as much as I expected them to, but I'm sure we are going to see a lot more in the coming weeks because there's still a lot of people there right now. And I don't get the impression unless Walter does something real off the wall soon that we are going to, um, that Walter is going anywhere anytime soon. There's enough women that like him that unless he does something straight out the F boy playbook, real blatantly, you know, like shows them the dude that he's been pretty much his entire adult life, um, then I think he's fine to be around for a while. And then we'll just have to see if whomever he kind of settles into or settles into him, uh, if it goes well. So didn't expect anything other than good vibes from those two um, I think he might be a little old for her. Um, but other than that, I, I think they're fine. She, he wants children. He's another one of these that played around all this time. His wife died when he was with 20, uh, 28. So for the past 18 years, he was back out in these streets and now at 46 may or may not want kids. Cause you know, that's one of those things that kind of sound good to say, but do you really? Um, and, uh, you know, she's, she's at, she's young and, and at least says she's ready for love. I will in, uh, because I'm not one that isn't going to look at both sides. Mumin is a singer. She's been doing heavy promotion as it relates to this show. So, and we know that more than half of people who go on any of these shows and not just ready to love all of them bachelor any of them are there for exposure they're not there for whatever the purpose is supposed to be like in this case love if they just happen to find someone then fine but that's not why they're there therefore they're there for exposure clicks and views because social media has changed the game in terms of how you can get yourself out there so if you can combine your a, a social media presence with being on one of these shows it's winner winner chicken dinner and so i am Mumin seems very nice, but I am still viewing her from that lens. That being said, she and Camille sometimes look so much alike to me because both of them have an insane amount of bundles in their hair or uh, in their heads or um, wigs that are on 275 instead of 150 
So it is, it is uh, tough to tell them apart. And plus, and they're both beautiful women and they have similar uh, complexions as well, but it's really the wig situation. Um, so, uh, next, let's see. Phil and Shiloh, Dante and Carrie, they went to, uh, to an event and, uh, Phil was already in his feelings a little bit. And he mentioned that about, um, the Shiloh and Tyrone thing. And I think he probably doesn't know how that turned out. Uh, Shiloh is another one that's up there as a favorite. I'm going to keep it real with y'all. I like seriously, if I could do or say anything as it relates to Shiloh to, uh, in terms of her look for this process, it would be to get a more um, current version of uh, crochets in her hair because that's looking real dated and it's given her a, a whole old lady thing when she is anything but. She is smart, she's sassy, she's beautiful. She's got that Zen vibe with the counseling. We know that her sexual energy is on a hundred in a cool, kind of way but um dang that just throws me off um but she gets she oozes grown and sexy and i love it and so does and and apparently so does everybody else in a cool way not a gross way um phil as sean i'm gonna adopt what sean has been saying both on and off the air phil is definitely a sleeper this season he's one to watch i agree i just hope that he makes a, a, a move or enough moves to make sure that the women keep him around again until he and someone get into a nice uh, get into a nice groove and then it doesn't matter because you're down to the final however many couples and excuse me and then if he really is ready for love it all works out but i definitely like phil uh, one of the things that we liked, especially from moment one, was his reaction to Corey's shenanigans at the very first mixer. Phil was like, whatever, dude. Unfazed by it. Always likes a good, uh, I'm, I'm always digging a good uh, brother being unfazed, but also not in a way that, um, you know, makes it seem like he thinks that he's too cool for school. So like him, uh, Dante, yes, Dante does the whole smooth thing, especially when he's in a group. But what I noticed about Dante, especially in this episode, I think unfortunately because of what ultimately happened in this episode, when you see that Dante uh, seemed to not really have much to talk about with Carrie after Phil and Shiloh left, kind of, you know, being the other two in their foursome that they could volley off of, that it made it seem like, oh, well, the problem was a lack of chemistry with Carrie. But as we saw in episode five, so in this case, I'm going to put the two pieces together. But as we saw in episode five, when he was had some one-on-one -on -one time with uh, Sydney, Dante is just not good one-on-one -on -one when he has to have a conversation. He just doesn't seem to be able to pull it off and, and 
you know, basically the other person has to lead the conversation. And as someone who doesn't have an issue with leading conversations, sometimes depending on the settings that people like Dante put themselves in, you may not notice that that problem exists. Plus, you know, he's got the voice, he's an attractive man, and that's going to get him in the room. Plus, again, with him being a man, there's the whole, oh, he's, oh, he's just a strong, silent type. You know, there's, there's that thing as well. Hi, Lil J. Um, so there's that thing as well. For those who are new, sometimes you may hear me saying hello to anyone, saying hello to people. That's because uh, this is one I'm doing uh, recording live through my podcast network. So, of course, sometimes I see people in the room and I greet them. And uh, uh, LJ is someone who tends to, well, Jill <laughs> is is one of the folks who tends to pop in a lot when I'm on the air. So I make sure that I say hello. So, uh, Jill, I'm talking about a show uh, on OWN called Ready to Love, but uh, I am going to be talking in the next between today and tomorrow uh, some stuff on the Ahmaud Arbery trial. Um, I will be doing uh, live with Tisa Tells about uh, Travis Scott, and of course, Missy and I will be doing uh the Real Housewives and Bravo Gossip. Again, this has been a crazy week, so it put us a little behind schedule. Okay, back to our regular schedule programming <laughs> with Ready to Love. Um, yeah, Dante, uh, you know, I think he probably gets away with being, oh, he's, he's the strong, silent type. And remember, he's all like, you know, I've worked on myself. I'm zen. I'm this, I'm that. I'm going to be honest, when it comes to Dante, he's kind of like Tyrone for me in terms of there being stuff in their bio package or background that I'm just not going to get past. So it's never going to be a, um, it's, it's never going to be something that makes me check the box with him. And with Dante, it's the three baby mamas. Uh, it, it's, yeah, no. <laughs> it's just not going to be anything that I'm ever going to be cool with. So, um, but you know, if, if she likes it, I ain't going to say I love it, but it doesn't seem like it worked out anyway. So, all right, girl, you dodged a bullet with that one. Next, we have Naeem and Zadia. This is a couple to watch, in my opinion. Although Naeem's initial package when they did the casting special wasn't that great because it kind of came off um picky to the point of almost judgy uh i he has definitely shown himself to be more than that and better than that um and zadia has given off good energy from the jump. We, uh, at least Sean and I, and maybe it's because we're from the Northeast, Sharita as well. We, uh, the three of us, um, have always kind of vibed with her. We don't have an issue with the fact that she said she comes from a family that likes to talk smack and, you know, she, she kind of has that vibe around her, but there's, also, I think the good thing about her being that way, which is, and, and of course, which probably will has and or will make her endearing to men is that 
if she's someone who um, likes to talk smack and tell a good joke and you know, all of that, then she's probably a cool girlfriend to have around if you are a guy's guy. Um, going, she's she's the girlfriend who's going to go to the games with you. She's not going to mind the Super Bowl party or the boxing party always being at you all's house because chances are she's going to invite a couple of friends over and join in and have some beers herself. Uh, I, I get the impression that she's that girl. Um, the fact that she's beautiful goes without saying. Great smile. She just seems fun. Uh, she and Naeem's energy definitely match. Um, I think Zadia is going to have more than one guy that uh, is looking out for her. But I definitely think that she is on Naeem's radar. She has been from the beginning. I think for Naeem, he is team Zadia and Shiloh. And, and I can definitely see that. Uh, next, we have Frank and uh, Tasia. I'm not even going to waste my time on this. This was all the way off. There was just no chemistry at all. Um, it was hella awkward. She didn't even seem to try, which made him feel like he had to try even harder. And I think that because Frank is a naturally good, gregarious person and he was in his element, which of course made him feel even more confident and comfortable and he he's wants to make her a drink. And so he's putting every ounce of his whole upper body into shaking the, the martini canister. Um, it ended up making him, it ended up making it look like he was trying too hard. I 100%, before everybody beats me up, I 100% do not think that he was trying too hard. I think that he was trying to add energy that he was not come feeling coming from her and i think maybe he thought that you know maybe if i do a little extra she might think i'm silly or or i might make her laugh or or something and it just fell flat it was uncomfortable to watch um honestly i have seen nothing that makes me want to keep to see her around and you know she's beautiful and all of that but she gives nothing and yes frank talked specifically and and i think maybe some other guys may have mentioned it as well but frank of course talked specifically about uh how her conversation doesn't go deeper than surface level but um but wait a minute this is sean right now uh Give me one second. Come on to the show. Uh, that it doesn't go deeper, be, uh, deeper than surface level with her. And he talked about that. But I don't think it really mattered. I think that, yes, she talked about her career and what have you, because you're in the room with the person. So you got to talk about something. But yeah, it just, it just wasn't there. Um, and, uh, I, I just, I think that that's, I think that that's just, uh, where, where, uh, where it is with those two. 
Okay, so that is all the dates on episode four. So now we're going to go into who goes home. And because this is the week that the men send women home, they go in and talk. Most of what they said was consistent with um, with everything that uh, that the dates revealed. The person who ended up, I don't think we have to belabor the point, the person who ended up going home was Carrie. Corey took Tasia out. Um, Sean, I know you're in the room, but I'm talking about ready to love, so press the thing to actually come on the air. Okay, and I'm inviting you as a speaker. Here we go. Okay, so, um, all right, so you should be on now. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. I can hear you clearly. Oh, wait a minute. Let me take this thing off mute. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes, I can. I can hear you clearly. Okay, so everybody, it is your bestie, Sean. Yay! <laughs> okay, so Sean, you are just in time for the episode that I know we both want to talk about the most. So you're good. I literally am just finishing the wrap up on episode four. So anyway, uh, Sean, if you're not talking, go on mute. Cause I know that you're probably still trying to put your headphones on. Okay. So, um, it, it, Tasia was the other person in the mix and she met with Corey. Was it Tasia? Yeah. And she met with Corey and uh, no, not Corey. Okay. Now I can't remember. I don't think it matters. The situation that we all were most concerned about was, um, was who went home. Right. And it was Carrie. Uh, she met with Naeem. Naeem's a good guy, handled it soft shoot it classy i think she knew because she had had nothing going on with naeem so um you know it, it was it was sad but very nice i think that carrie will be fine she's beautiful she's accomplished and uh this was just a situation where none of these uh individuals because you are dealing with a limited number of individuals and sometimes there is no match for you here in this group of people. And I think that that just may be the particular pot that Carrie fell into. Um, because I don't think there was anything that she done that, that she did in, incredibly outrageous. I don't, she just, um, didn't seem to have a specific connection to anyone other than, whatever brief connection she had with Tyrone before he, you know, decided that, you know, one, two, three, I can't be with a fourth. So, uh, so that is episode four. Now, episode five, there was a lot of big, big stuff that happened in this episode. And this is the most recent episode. This is the women's week to choose, but that's not even the half of it. The big thing with this is that Tommy promised a twist. Of course, we went into the season knowing what the twist was because they showed us previews, but we certainly didn't know who the two people were. I think everybody was speculating, oh, they're bringing somebody from the past and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
So anyway, he met with the women in the beginning. He told them, we're going to have a pool party. I've got a surprise for you. They still don't know. So let's get to the pool party. Sean, uh, are you ready? I'm taking you off mute. You there? I'm ready, ready, ready to rock and roll. Okay. All right. So this is perfect. I've set us up. Uh, still getting a little bit of feedback, but we're going to work with it. Uh, they are at the pool party. Everybody comes in. I, you know, I, I thought everybody looked nice. I mean, what, what do you think? I mean, everybody's doing their own version of stuff, but I, I thought everybody looked nice. There wasn't anybody who didn't, look, who didn't look pretty. I just noticed that they were up north, they wear a lot more shawls. Down in Houston, they were going straight bikinis in, in Georgia. But up north in D.C., I guess they wear, the women wear more shawls or other covering bikini wear. Oh, yeah. We put on our sarongs and our cover-ups and, and all of that stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, but in fairness, I thought it was cool that especially for us folks, and as in Black folks, um, and Black women in particular, I was actually impressed to see so many people actually getting in the pool as opposed to just walking around it. Especially the women. Well, I didn't, so, I didn't know that. You know what? I didn't know that was a thing. I guess because I can swim. So yeah, I mean, like them getting in the pool and everything like that. I don't think the pool was fifteen feet deep, but uh, you know, you can drown in any size pool. But yeah, I guess. Well, that, no, it's it's point. because of the hair. It's, it's because of the oh, hair. And if you notice, when you go to pool parties with sisters and we got on our little outfits, we could have on a full-blown bikini, no wrap, no nothing, and we never get in the water. We just walk around looking cute. I did notice women getting in the water with the hair and everything like that. So with that, you got a point. Um, I think yeah. the, gentlemen, the gentlemen represented themselves well when they walked in. Um, I thought so, too. I thought it was great. I, but I think the probably the the scene or the minute of the show with, of that episode of the pool episode when the, when the two new people walked in, especially. Yes. You know, Sydney was stunning when she walked in. I'm like, wow, she is pretty. Okay. Did she bring it or what? She walked in everything. Head to toe. The skin pie out. Like hair the outfit it was sexy but it wasn't you know she Bloody. she just exactly she came in like whether i stay a while or they send me home you gonna know me even if i'm here just today and i had i was like girl you know what you better do it her energy, her energy was inviting she wasn't standoffish um, and then I think most to the of the women people, or to the men, to the women or to the men. And then, but we were all reading the women's reaction when she oh, walked yeah, they were in. Nervous. Obviously, the only one that seemed to me that said that seemed to be cool about the situation, the two people that seemed to be coolest about the situation was Zadia and Aisha. The other women all seemed to have a reaction, especially Camille. So I'm like, okay, yeah, well, but uh. We know she ain't wrapped too tight anyway. Well, we'll get into that. We'll get into all of that later. The other gentleman who walked in, I've seen him act on other shows before. I was like, his mm -hmm. face looks So, I mean, he looked good. What is his like name? 
uh, I, I wrote it down. Sean. Do you remember? Sean. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sean, 44-year-old actor, writer, entrepreneur, Sean possibly entrepreneur. Tommy from Martin. Yeah, and I think uh, we'll get into that, and I think that's unfair. <laughs> <laughs> I did it's not. He did that to himself when his job kept changing depending on who he depending on who he was talking to. No, no. I I I, I disagree but we'll go we'll go there later. Okay. All right. So Corey, okay, so we get everybody gets in. And uh now I'll just kind of set the scene so while I do that Go on mute, hon. Okay. Okay. There we go. So uh, everybody comes in, and they're all uh, they're all just looking good, looking fine, all greased up, oiled up. So one of the initial things that happens, I'm not even sure if the new people were there yet, but pretty early on, there were two big things. First, Corey decides that he his queen for a day, because apparently we find out later that's how he has chosen to do this. So his queen for a day that day was going to be Courtney. And that's fine because we know him and her dating, right? But and what he decides to do is to leave little love notes for her or, you know, I like you notes, whatever you want to call them, all over the party. And so she's finding notes in places where her things are. So it makes it obvious they're for her. I like you. I have a crush on you, whatever. Cutesy stuff that depending on the woman, if you like stuff like that, she clearly does. I would too. I, I, I don't know too many people who wouldn't, especially when you first meet somebody. It's like, oh, he likes me. So he was doing that. At that point, um, people, I think pretty much damn near everybody had a fairly good idea, uh, of who it was. Not everybody knew that it was going on, but for those who knew they were kind of figuring it out. The other big thing, cause there was nothing that blew up with that yet. The other big thing is that Tyrone was at the pool and he was talking with Shiloh. Shiloh's sitting, you know, she's in the pool, they're talking. And he and Shiloh apparently, and, and I think we kind of know that because of the situation with Carrie, have still been talking on the phone, have not been on dates, but has been talking a lot. Not shocking that she would be easy to talk to, great energy. She does a type of therapy. She's going to be the one that is easy to talk to if that's what you need. He's digging it so much that he flat out tells her that uh, when they're talking about who they're feeling, he said that, you know, Sabrina, she's beautiful, she's this, she's that, and she is definitely the type of woman that could be his, I think he said his lady, maybe, like his girlfriend, And but Shiloh is the woman that he uh it's 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 wifey basically she's woman he would want to marry and you saw shiloh look at him like uh if i wasn't concerned about getting my hair wet i would probably go underwater and swim away <laughs> but she was again because she is straight up she and and she knows him in her own gentle way, said to him that I appreciate that certainly is very flattering, but um, 
I, I have an idea of how I want to go through this process and I'm not ready to veer from that. I thought it was diplomatic, handled well, didn't hurt his feelings. And, you know, he didn't mind one way or the other. There's so much going on with Tyrone anyway. Um, so he was like, okay. And that was pretty much that. And then shortly thereafter, he was talking actually to Sabrina and basically said the same thing to Sabrina, like your girlfriend material, she's my wife. And Sabrina was obviously taken aback by that um, and, and a combination of reasons. One, she was feeling him, but two, she's like, which she's right, feeling him or not, uh, that's a whole lot this early in the game. And so those were like the two big things that went on right on or about the same time the singles came in. So that those two things plus the new people came coming kind of set the stage for basically more or less everything else that happened at the party and for the rest of the episode. Uh, you think that's a fairly accurate assessment, Sean? For you guys, yeah, I think, I think it's a fairly accurate assessment. I think Tyrone, personally, Tyrone, if you're listening to the show, today is Veterans Day. Thank you for your service. I'm Absolutely. always deferential. I'm always deferential and give our veterans in any of those type of situations a benefit in these type of shows or whatever the benefit of the doubt because he risked his life. But needless to say, he. There are some issues that, that are going on, but I like to say hey, so anybody who's put his life on the line, I think he's allowed a little bit of latitude. I think I just recall when him saying I, that. I think you're allowed a little bit of latitude in living your life, but other people, you know, you're not entitled to other people having to compromise just because you're a veteran. Mm, no, you know I, I I could definitely see where you're going. Like I said, these are my personal. My, yeah, this, this yeah. I think it's, it's I I would, you know, anytime I see a veteran, I give a little bit more leeway and everything with this. But needless to say, when he did say to Shallow, like you could be my wife and all that other type of stuff, I thought it was a little bit too soon. But I think it was more or less a line that he had zeroed in that. This is the person he liked, and he wanted to limit the confusion he had in his mind going from others. And Homegirl wanted to go through the process. Just, and it reminded me, I just hope her process doesn't go through the same way as Kyra's. I think her difference is, is that she's being faced with decision early in the process, whereas the other show um, two seasons ago, Kyra, or last season, Kyra seemed to be kind of, playing the game until the end, until she absolutely had to make a decision. So I, I agree with Shiloh that that's a lot to bear um, coming out the gate two or three episodes in or whatever, I guess. And then I guess that's maybe a week and a half, two weeks. And I'm like, yo, look, man. And I'm like, I was kind of surprised because reading the comments online and what people say, they talk about his eyes, but a lot of the women did like him. There, there must be something about him that, that, that well, he's nice. You know what I mean? Well, what did you what did you find nice about him? 
Uh, uh, no, I'm saying that. Wait a minute, you got to go on mute when I'm talking, unless you got your earphones. Um, I'm saying that Tyrone, issues notwithstanding, appears to be a nice, at least from what we see. I mean, do we see any him being anything else but nice? No. So if we were to go by, yes, he is a bit odd, but he seems to be nice and he likes to kind of, he likes to talk and, and, um, cause he does seem to, uh, be an open communicator, just like if nothing else, we've seen that with him telling them about his PTSD. Um, and, uh, it's obvious that he has a bit of social anxiety. So to what you were saying earlier in terms of making allowances, I do think that allowances we're watching from the outside looking in, but I do think that the women on the show in knowing that he is someone who suffers from PTSD that does have some obvious uh, issues with anxiety and being in social settings. The fact that they are still giving him uh, giving him a chance shows that they are taking those things into consideration. Now, for me, and I, I talked about this a bit in the last episode, for me, there are other things that we, that we know that they may not have, have known certainly out of his mouth and may not have scratched the surface yet, even in their conversations. Although I suspect because he does seem to share a lot like for instance, talking about his PTSD, I would bet that he has talked about his background. For me personally, and a good number of other women, the way that he came uh, out the gate talking about his mother, that's a red flag that I can't get beyond in dating him. Doesn't mean that he's isn't a nice person. It just means that in dating him, I would be concerned that there is a little bit too much tick, tick, boom still there that he hasn't dealt with. That doesn't even have to do with his military service. It's got to do with the issues that he has with his mom. Well, my question to you is that I'm try I've tried to rewind the episode. I can't really find what it is that he said about his mom, but I do know this. That women and women do judge you about how with how you have your relationship with your mom. Men do judge you and how you treat your mom. So if, if there was a negative correlation between him and his mom, there, um, I like to know about it. Or somebody, please send me or write me the scene. Um, Dude, it's I, in the casting special. That's why you can't find it. It's not on the episodes. It's in the casting special. Oh, okay, that's why. All right, well, I was wondering because I've been I've been looking for it and I couldn't find it. I right, well, what did he say? When I mean, basically, in the casting special, go to mute. In the casting special, when everybody is, you know, when the, when they showing the little goofy scene, you know, they show you walking down the street and whatever, little goofy crap, and the person is talking like, "Hello, my name is so and so." Da da. So they did that, and then he's talking. 
and I can't give it to you word for word, but I promise you when you see it, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. He said, uh, you know, I grew up, uh, he's a child of divorce. I don't know if they divorced or they broke up, but basically he's a child of, uh, of a broken home. And he was like, you know, and, and things were tough. You know, I saw moms bringing, you know, having men come and go. And that gave me some issues about that, but you know, I, I had to work on that, work through that and whatever. And then he went on with the rest of his package, you know, I, I work in it, whatever, whatever. And, and then that was it. Um, and, and I was like, as, as well as many others, cause I, you've read the stuff. Um, bruh, did you just in your darn opening joint basically tell the world your mom was tricking? And I don't mean a prostitute, but I mean like moms was in these streets. Yeah, well, not cool. Well, no, not cool. I mean, we don't know. We don't know to what degree she had men going back and forth. Let's be clear with that. But it is a valid, peculiar thing to say about your mom when you're going into a dating show. So I have to say, yes, that, that, that is not something I will reveal or want to reveal. Um, but also it shows courage that he's being honest about who he is, you know, as a person. And one of these things these women talk about time and time again is being, you know, being vulnerable, a man who's humble enough or confident enough to allow himself to be bred and talk about the things he's unsure of. So, you know, I thought maybe that was, you know, hey, but maybe he's just saying something there. I don't know. Yeah, but what I think the way, the that, way that I received it and uh, others, and, and it's, it's just not something I can veer from, is that if you had, well, there's a few things. And no, we don't know what happened, but we also know that boys in particular can't handle the fact that when their moms are dating. But the way that I receive that is yes, your history is your history, your story is your story. And we don't know if it was two dudes or just a situation where, you know, mom was dating and she had a son at home and brought him home. And none of that matters. The part that matters is if you worked on yourself and your issues with women. Because issues with mom is never about mom. It also permeates to what it, it, it breaks down to whatever your issues are with women. Uh, if you truly worked on your on those issues, then one of the first things that you're not going to do if you have truly worked on that is say, yeah, my mom was in these streets. Yeah, I had some issues with uh, some issues and you could talk about that. I had some issues with, with, uh, with relationships and women and, and what have you. And I, I just had to work on that growth, maturity, counseling, what have you. Um, you know, so it's, I guess it's, is a matter of perspective and I totally understand that for me, that combined with, uh, him having an anxious nature, combined with the PTSD, 
and you know is and and i I actually and i'm going to be honest i had an issue with that even without knowing the other stuff but putting all that together the chances in my mind of me being 15 minutes late from work and then coming out and then he's sitting in front of my car sitting in front of my job and his car is what i'd be concerned about so and that's the vibe that he gives off and the fact that he ready to wife somebody up immediately just reinforces that now again I think what it boils down to Tyrone, it boils down with Tyrone, and you and I have talked about this offline. Um, and interestingly enough, two people that we both like watching uh, that you turned me on to, Simone, and I could never remember his name, but they they uh, have the Ages and Stages show. Uh, I think they ultimately came to the same resolve that you and I did, which is that he like anybody else deserves love he's clearly ready for love because he is ready to commit and give a sister a ring and and have some babies in a house and a white picket fence this type of show and atmosphere is not is not his thing because think about it in real life he's not the type of dude that would go to look for women at a nightclub and this show is going to look for women at a nightclub so what do you think of that? Sean? I was just waiting for you to tell me to unmute. I'm just trying to, you know, stay oh, yeah. in my lane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. You're looking at a woman in a nightclub, and then when you do that, you have to have red flags, just like men notice red flags for women when they meet them at a nightclub. I'm not saying, I'm just saying none of these red flags all of these red flags are outworn and invalid. I would just like to see, you know, a little bit more patience. Um, no, no, I didn't. I didn't mean to say that. I wasn't even talking about the nightclubs as red flag. I'm saying he's the type of dude that would do better meeting somebody in a regular one-on-one situation. Like he just happened to run into a woman and meet the love of his life at the supermarket or a library or somebody set him up on a blind date. I'm just saying his, his personality and the way he gets down, this was a lot to throw him into or for him to, it's great that he took a chance because it probably took a lot out of him to make himself do this, especially with the anxiety and, and some of the social issues. So I commend him for that. It's just not his, it, it just wasn't the right environment for him to find his lady. Well, I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think like you said, meeting somebody casually was a probably a little better. This seems a little bit more pressure packed. And oh, yeah. focus in on it. I think Shallow handled it well. I think he handled it well eventually later on when he was eliminated. So, you know, it, it worked. It, I mean, it's just something you have to learn from when you move forward. I still think he's a good guy. I like the way you know, they handled it and, and telling him to move on. I couldn't quite get with all the crying with, 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 with Shallow, but, I mean, that's a whole different thing. So I don't know. I what I took from their parting and guys were jumping ahead on those two, but it actually kind of makes sense when we're wrapping up their storyline, because really the only thing 
that happened after that as it relates to those two is ultimately when it got to the end. I thought it was a very nice touch for them to have her go to see him instead of just another random woman, especially considering that she's the one that he was with. Um, I'll get back to the thing with Shiloh being sad and, and, and crying when we talk about the women in the meeting. But as far as how it was wrapped up, I thought it was very nice. I, I, I just, what I took from that, it touched me because I felt like it was two genuinely nice people who you never know. Like they, they could come full circle in, in, in a situation off of this show without all the pressure, without everybody watching. Because what I saw was two genuinely nice people who had a connection. They just weren't in the same place at the same time with how deep it went. And the one person being Shiloh did not want to keep him around, have him falling even deeper for her. And she never arrived to where she needed to be with him. And so that was protecting her, her own herself, but it asks actually was her in a way showing a lot of compassion for him as well. I think that speaks to her respect for him and uh, how good of a person she believes him to be that she would respect his heart and his feelings that way. I, I, I just liked them both. It, I, I thought it was, it was sad, but sometimes you know, you got to make those tough decisions. Um, what do you think? Well, I think making those tough decisions are, are exactly where we are. Um, he just wasn't ready. He just wasn't ready. Uh, yeah, but who knows, right? In the future. Yeah, who knows? So with that being said, let's move on to the next couple. <laughs> oh, Lord. Do we have to? Oh, my God. Okay, well, let's go with something fun first with the new people that came in, right? You know, she's attractive. He seemed like he was cool. Um, when they came in, hey, they, they felt like we might as well get to know each other, right? Because clearly maybe they didn't have a chance to get to know each other. But they had, um, uh, who was that? I think it was Camille and Zadia the two new people, Sydney and Sean, they're sitting by the pool. Everything's good. They joking. They're talking. In fact, they seem to have such a cool vibe that uh, Zadia and Camille, well, mainly Camille, because you know she's a hater, were like, well, yeah, you know, might as well let y'all talk to each other. And um, Sydney, because, you know, she chill, cool. She was like, well, I mean, the brother's handsome. And so he joked around, said, oh, y'all call me handsome. And that's when we started seeing stalker vibe come out talking about, I don't think my boo would like that. And I'm like, girl, who is your boo? Like, does Cornelius know that uh, y'all are engaged? I mean, didn't you feel like she basically acted like they was getting married? She was totally, she totally overstepped the boundaries. If any dude acted like that, she would have been running and everything like that. And it just goes in front of the show. Women who, women and or men who put out that they're this type of way or they're that type of way, when they get confronted with being treated that way, they do, it doesn't mm -hmm. go well. It doesn't go well. So for her to be all possessive and all, like, it's not going to go well. I, I, that's my boo. I was thinking, I think, what do you mean in your boo? You just met the guy two weeks ago, even less than two weeks ago. Uh, 
how is your boyfriend and all this other type of stuff? I said, nah. And then the, the further going, was this the episode when she called him stupid and a dumbass? Was this the episode? Yes. Yeah, when she did that and said that, you know, she was totally off bounds. It sounded like it was like, yo, you're like a she like a borderline personality disorder. Somebody who always has to have the attention on them. Not necessarily narcissistic, but borderline where you're always in amount of in some type of trouble and you're always trying to be a, the focus of things. I said, what are you getting all pressed about? I mean, it's a dating show. And then even when she went up there and said to Mumin, I'm not with him no more. I'm like, what are you talking about? You, you're going around. I said, she just seemed off. I, I wouldn't want to deal with her after that, after that, after this situation. And I definitely would, wouldn't want to deal with her after assaulting me like that. I thought that was ridiculous. I thought that was just rude. I'm with you on that. I, I, heck, she had me speechless. Like I was literally standing up in front of my TV, like, no, it, it actually kind of made me look at him like, bro, what's wrong with you? Because, um, you know, she basically just because she saw him having a conversation with a new person, which could have been, for all she knows, could have simply been like, oh, so, you know, uh, where do you usually hang out or whatever? You know, do I do we know the same people? You know, because remember, you're in the same town. Their conversation could have been as simple as, like, finding out their mamas know each other. And she, all she sees is red. But to me, that was insecurity because she just could not handle that this was a beautiful woman. But then she's a beautiful woman. So that's just crazy. But when she cussed at him, and I mean, you know, it's you and I aren't prudes. They've heard us cuss on the show. But when she called, she said, you're acting like a dumbass. Well, if you tell me I'm acting like a dumbass, then basically you're calling me a dumbass. Then, no, no, no. She said, you... She said, you country bumpkin ass. Then she later called him a dumbass. I was, I was so pissed. And I actually was kind of pissed with the show too, to be honest with you, because let's be real. If it was a male contestant that came out his face at a female contestant like that, people wouldn't be like, oh, she's a talker. Ha ha ha. Let's see what happens next. No, there would be like a whole thing online, a petition or whatever. He needs to go. He's abusive. He's this, he's that or whatever. Um, you know, and, and you know me, I, I, I go up for, 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 you know, power to the people when it comes to women, but that was not cool uh to just do that it was not a good look and again it, you got to keep it you got to keep it a buck it would not have flowed like that if the shoe was on the other foot and he came at her crazy like that so um all right you know we'll go we're going to well we'll see a little bit more with them later but really it's got me looking at him like bro do you have any self-respect i understand him him not going off on her because just because somebody else makes themselves look stupid you don't have to make yourself look stupid so i'm good with him not like cussing her out or whatever but i would never go out with her again so that's still got me looking at him like he's crazy um next i think we for oh go ahead this is true i have to agree with you about that 
I agree. Oh, okay. Um, especially about the situation being reversed, right? Right. Exactly. Um, okay, so we see that um, we forgot to mention, but it was it was no big deal, especially since it it seemed kind of obvious that that would that that would be the case that Sydney and Frank. I couldn't, it, they, they kind of know of each other, you know, same friends, same circle, DC nightlife. You know, it says she was an entrepreneur. Once she got with Frank, it was obvious she was in the nightlife. Now, post-show, because you know I always give y'all tea, especially since we're in the DMV, and I promised y'all that since we're in the DMV, I would pull some tea. Um, Sydney, which also makes sense with her knowing how to put it all together well. Uh, she is, she definitely has worked in DC Nightlife. She worked at the number one strip club in Gentlemen's Club in DC Stadium. <laughs> now, there's not clarity, there's no clarity on whether she was a dancer, a bottle girl, or bartender, but I can tell you, having gone to stadium a number of times, it, it doesn't matter whether you are a dancer, a bottle girl, or a bartender, they're all beautiful. So, you know, and, and at your nicer gentlemen's clubs, that's the way they do it. No matter what your role is, you can't, you don't work at an upscale gentlemen's, gentlemen's club and not be beautiful even if you're not one of the dancers. Sean, as a gentleman, am I correct? Because don't say you ain't been to a gentleman's club. <laughs> of course, I've been to a gentleman's club. And two, she was fine as hell. And she fit the bill. And that's it with that. Uh, she was just fine. And she was just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, but I was saying that it, at the real nice clubs, even if you're not a dancer, all the women who work there look good. Uh, no, but most, I would say 90 to 95%. Good amount, yeah. yeah, like definitely the bartenders, because everybody looks at the bartenders. They usually get pretty bartenders. Well, you know, back, in the day, back in the day when I first started going, there weren't any female bartenders. The female bartender thing started pretty much coming into, into Vogue mid to late 90s, but when I was first going, there weren't any female bartenders. Yeah, well, kind of like it's a big thing now to have a female DJ. Yeah, like, yeah, it's a big deal. And most of them can't DJ either, so... Yeah, oh, you know that. what? I'm not even going to do that with you, because what you're not going to do is talk about Spinderella. No, I'm messing with you. But anyway... <laughs> I'm messing with you. Spinderella's a whole lot. <laughs> But anywho, well, you know, we're from the Northeast, so, you know, we, we, we know real music. Honestly, honestly, there are very fine um, um, female DJs. But here in this situation, they knew each other. You're talking about Frank and Sydney. They knew each other from the life. I'm just trying to figure out what type of nightlife or entertainment life it was. What were they doing? Was she some type of... I just bar? told you. What, what, what was she? What was her profession? I never really quite got it. I said, I said that I have, that's how, you must have zoned out. I said that I, I promised the audience that because we're in the DMV, I'm going to get y'all some extra tea. And the extra tea is that Sydney worked at the number one gentleman's club in the city, which is Stadium. So I 
cannot confirm whether or not she was a dancer or if she was just a, uh, a promoter slash bottle girl or bartender, but she did work there. I have been there a number of times and they do try to make sure that the the women, you know, of course, not everybody is gorgeous, but they do try to make sure that the women that are like out in uh, out in the mix, even if you a bottle girl or a bartender are for the most part just as attractive as the dancers themselves. So that's why that's why I said that I'm not going assume that she was on the pole but she did work at stadium. So that's what I was saying. Next. Yeah, yeah I do. Now, now I know that, then she probably was a dancer or a body girl or something like that. So, okay. All right, I get it. She worked at stadium. That's what she was. That's how Frank knows her. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, absolutely not. That's why I was complimenting her. Whatever, if because I've been there before, I know that the way she looked, she that still don't necessarily mean she was a dancer. Because I know some people act kind of funny about that. Whatever, she may or may not have been a dancer. Although, even if she was, I, whatever. Y'all know me by now who watch, who listen to my show. My philosophy is I ain't knocking nobody's bag as long as it's legal. So, okay. So next, it looks like they did a little um, kind of daytime to nighttime party. There really wasn't much to this scene. Again, this next, uh, the party scene was really gives us the setup for how the episode kind of played itself out from there, which is once they like got into the basement, cool vibe. I like that change from daytime stuff they have nighttime everybody is kind of coupling a little bit uh you see your boy phil in the corner with to see you. i i i don't I, i'm gonna need phil to make some better connections because i don't trust that to is gonna really work with anybody because she just don't she's just not giving me the right energy um you see that uh, a nice little bond started forming between Aisha and Sean. Seemed very nice, very grown and sexy. That was cool. Um, Courtney confirms what she assumed, which is that the note came from Corey. She thought that that was cute and cool, but then you also see Corey being all up on Mumin. And again, it's, it's definitely a situation where everybody has to mix and mingle. I think my thing is uh, with the Corey, Mumin, Courtney thing is we all understand that we're dating one another, that we're mixing and mingling, but there's a way that you can do that without like, unless you are an official couple, there's a way to do that without making the other person feel like you are that they are second class. And once we got to the end and found out that once again he was doing that cut and paste, both telling them you're number one, you're this and that, it kind of put into perspective a little more why Mumin was reacting the way that she was. Now, what what do you think about that, Sean? 
Guys, sometimes a little, little pause because, again, we're trying to deal with some of our technical feedback. But, but go ahead, Sean. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, we, we don't have to belabor the point for what it is anymore. I mean, like, you know. Well, with, with Corey. Corey, yeah. Uh, Corey is he's still playing young man teenager games. Um, he didn't represent himself well. I thought he was rounding out. I thought it was coming, but like leaving all the note cards all over the place. Like, yo, what are you doing, bro? I'm like, that's kind of it's cute, but I kind of thought it was a little overzealous and everything like that. And I think, you know, just going forward, the the conversations he had with Mamine and about. I'm gonna take you to write my mother and father. That's like, come on, man! You don't even have to do all of that. You just, you know, just out of it. Well, and and like I was saying, I don't, I wouldn't even have an issue with the fact that he did the note cards. And clearly, Courtney liked it, so he obviously picked up on the fact that little gestures like that, like when he gave her the flowers, like the notes that she is, uh, that she did like it. And I mean, even with if other people think something is like corny is if the person likes it then you did right by the person however i agree with you that it was too much in this instance because of the fact that you got somebody else thinking that if if anybody was going to get some note cards wouldn't it be me because you told me i was that chick Okay, so speaking of that, we roll into the next day, and apparently uh, Mumin was now fully abreast of the note card thing because apparently Mumin was one of the only people who didn't know about it, um, or maybe she didn't know, you know, maybe she knows Corey or whatever, but Mumin specifically said Tasia told her about it, so she she gets with Corey, and he tried, he basically tried to play in her face. He was like, uh, did you see me give anybody no cards? I mean, why wouldn't you just, why wouldn't you just admit it right then and there? I mean, it was, and then, like you said, he went into the whole thing about meeting his parents, which made me think of the dude from Waiting to Exhale, uh, for my old heads, the scene where the guy is standing in the hot leather vest, standing outside Layla Rashawn's window and to talk about, I, I, I took you to meet my mama. Yeah, that that was Corey. Um, the way that he tried to play her, I mean, he basically tried to play in her face, like, you know, uh, what do you mean, or whatever. It it, it kind of reminded me of like, who do you think you are, Shaggy? Like, uh, you know, you 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 catch him doing something, and he like wasn't me. That's that's what that scene was. It's like, dude, we too old for the wasn't me thing. That that doesn't work for most people. So. Um, as a side note, I don't know if you ever heard this story, but you're a big sports fan, Sean. So did you ever hear the story of, um, when Dennis Rodman was with, I don't think they were married, but when he was with Carmen Electra, remember back in the day, he was dating Carmen Electra when she was real famous and deep, uh, and how, uh, she, she walked in to a hotel room in Vegas and he was in the bed with two women and she was like, what the fuck are you doing? These two women are here. And he was like, what women? I don't see any women. And, and Carmen Electra is the one who told the story. <laughs> he was like, what women? I don't see any women. And she said for a second, she was like, am I crazy? <laughs> They're right there. He's like, no, there's no women here. <laughs> 
Would you ever think of trying that, Sean? <laughs> no, no, that's a long, no, no, no. <laughs> but anyway, that that is the level of ignorance that Corey tried to play in her face. Then he basically he used a I'm gonna take you to meet my parents card, which Sean already says ridiculous. We'll need to belabor that point. The next and final dating scene, we got to see Stalker, Corey, and uh Stalker, Corey, Sean, no, not Sean, Dante and Sydney. They all go on a date to um this selfie place which now i'm gonna have to look for because i feel like these places they go now i'm obligated to go find them so they, they went to this place and and you know it didn't really look like there was much to it but that's kind of a good thing because it, it was conducive to having conversation camille gave kind of a half-assed apology to corey i mean I guess she apologized. I mean, she kind of had to if she's going to try to stay with him. It definitely is a red flag for him, but he still never just said flat out that he was going to leave her alone. But what he did say was something that I, I hope is some good foreshadowing for getting rid of her, which is that he said things are at a point where uh his situation with her is impeding his ability to get to know other women and i think i'm glad that he is recognizing that if he wants to get to know other women which he wouldn't have mentioned it i assume if he didn't i'm glad that he's recognizing that because the other women are only going to try but so many times to deal with that. In fact, you really only see one woman that is putting a little bit of effort into working around that, and that is Courtney. And I think that is only because when him and her first met, they had a bit of chemistry. We saw that chemistry continue when they went on that double date in that, what was that, episode two or three? And um, when you remember when they went on that double date with um, Walter and Courtney and it kind of backfired and it kind of backfired because Corey and Courtney was still feeling each other. So right now he's in a bit of a lucky spot because Courtney is still interested. And as we will see later, Corey is no longer going to be in the picture, but if he doesn't get a handle on that soon, Courtney has enough interest in her from other guys that she does not have to keep trying to give him a chance. And it doesn't seem like any of the other women are being bothered because they don't want to deal with Camille. And I really don't blame them because if I was them in that situation, I would be like, you know what, if he keeps being with her, then there obviously must be something about it that he likes. And if he don't, he's still not getting rid of her. And I'm not getting in that mess because that half is crazy. What What are your thoughts on that? Um. Well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Um. Pretty much the same. Pretty much the same as you. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. It's, okay. So next, we have. The situation with, uh, well, it's not really a situation, but 
Um, we're kind of circling back to something I talked about earlier before you got on, Sean, and we're almost done, everybody. Circling back to what I talked about earlier with, um, with uh, what's his name, Dante. See, he's, he's forgettable to me, except for the fact that he has three kids. Uh, Dante, of course, like in all the other men, were was attracted to Sydney. Understandable. We've already made clear she's gorgeous. Um, she also does seem to have a genuinely nice personality. So not trying to just ignore that. She she seems to be cool people, and so she's trying to keep a conversation going. They're talking, and this to me it brings back to what I said to you earlier about Dante is not good with having withholding conversation that just does not seem to be his strong suit and uh i think what solidified it was the situation with sydney because where it seemed like he was struggling to come up with things to talk to her about and so it became a little bit more clear that like I said, he's good in a group, but it, it Carrie wasn't the reason why the conversation fell flat when the other two people leave. He don't have no conversation. And again, she's young and pretty. She also don't need to be, you know, baby mama number four. So there you go. That's a wrap. And so we get to the ladies talking. The ladies session was actually good. It was kind of funny and we they go around and they talk about who they like so the big standout issues were corey uh of course courtney talks about how things went with corey how it seemed nice she obviously liked the love notes she even brought them with her to read it she was proud of her little love notes um and then mubeen i don't think she meant to but the bubble needed to be bust busted um she was like, yeah, Corey's on some bullshit. <laughs> Sean, what did you think about Mumin burst in the bubble? It's... Hold on a second. You are uh, the bubble. Um, hey, there's, there's stuff like that happens. Well, no, I'm talking about when Momine burst the bubble. Uh, <laughs> when she burst the Courtney's bubble. She didn't mean to. I don't think she was being rude. When she busted Corey's bubble? No, when she busted Courtney's bubble, when Courtney was, when they were at the women's thing and Courtney was saying how things with Corey was doing well. And um, Momine, and again, I don't think she meant to be mean. I think she just had to, she was just telling the sister, look, I done figured out we being played and you seem to be the last one to know about it. Yeah, I mean, but it's, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot to it. There's a, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack, but I don't, you know. Well, really, there, there really isn't. We know that Corey is, it was garbage. <laughs> like, and, and Mumin, uh, and Mumin spelled it out. Um, it, it, Axian world, I, I don't know who you are, but, uh, and Momin spelled it out. And so what ultimately ended up happening is that they both found out that Corey invited both of them to meet his parents. That whole thing turned very ugly. Um, not that the women got whatever, but you could tell that feelings were hurt. 
Next, they went to Shiloh. Um, and, and I mean, at that point, I was yelling at my TV, bye, Roger. So <laughs> again, you, you got to have watched Sister, Sister in the 90s. So uh, it, then they get to the part about Tyrone. And of course, everybody talks about um, that situation. And we see that Shiloh was struggling with it. Um, I think that, uh, I mean, Sean was like, why is she crying? But I, th I think that as a woman, I get it. Um, and I think really what it boiled down to is what we talked about earlier. She genuinely liked him. She is a genuinely compassionate person. I also get the, um, get the sense, which is probably one of the things that attracted him to her so much that she is an empath, which makes her even more, um, feel, uh, even more when someone is hurting and even more so feeling some kind of way about being the person who is responsible for that hurt. And, um, and I get that. It, it, it's sad and it was upsetting and, and I understand why she felt that way. And ultimately we know that she sent him home. They sent Courtney to meet with Corey. She didn't, I mean, it wasn't like crazy or ghetto or anything. She certainly gave him a piece of her mind. If nothing else, just letting him know she wasn't here for getting played. She saw um, how he was rolling and that the lies that he told, um, he talked that queen for a day nonsense. None of that really mattered. She got rid of him. And next week, it looks like we are going to get, and I know that they've done episodes like this before, <clears throat> excuse me, we're going to get the episode where they are encouraged to go out with somebody that they probably don't typically have, um, a relationship with. So, um, that is, uh, so that's how that went. Um, and that was, wait a minute, this is, oh, okay. That's fine. Um, so that part probably is, uh, going to be interesting. We saw that, um, what's her name? Oh my gosh. Stalker that she's going to trip on Naeem. And I don't think that he is, going to <clears throat> take well to that so at any rate that is where we are everybody i think that there were a lot of things in this episode that needed to happen i think if we're going to take any lesson from from this <clears throat> the lesson you know i was drinking my tea and then i stopped drinking it and it got cold the lessons to take from this one are really learned and i talked about this earlier um, the takeaway from this is really more so what happened between Shiloh and Tyrone. <clears throat> I hope that Shiloh, uh, not that she needed to keep Tyrone, but I do genuinely like her. So I hope that she manages to work out with somebody else. Corey, all I can say is I know they're filming a second season in DC and I hope that they don't decide that just for shits and giggles they'll put him on it because um I, we tried to give him a chance and he just didn't let us and i'm i'm over it i got enough annoying 
little cousins, nephews, brother, whatever. <laughs> I don't, uh, you know, we don't need to adopt Corey, AKA Roger next. And I'm assuming next week will be the men's week to send somebody, send the women, uh, a woman home and maybe somebody will do him, a, uh, do Cornelius a favor and send home Camille so that he could try to salvage some of this process for himself before he ends up going home with or without her because clearly there's no relationship that's going to come of that other than that everyone thank you very much for hanging in there with us sean i know is probably about to fall asleep so we are going to say farewell to him thank you thank you thanks again everyone Okay, I'm gonna cheer him out. <laughs> okay, everyone. <laughs> Thank you again for hanging with me uh, tonight as we do our Ready to Love recording. I know it was a little long <clears throat> because we had two episodes to cover, so we'll be back on track with it starting this week and bring in the rest of the team but luckily uh sean got home from chaperoning a basketball team or whatever the hell he was doing <laughs> in enough time to call in and at least give us his feedback on episode five before he started started falling asleep and you know spewing nonsense but i still you know he's still my boy <laughs> at any rate Thank you again. Please continue to follow the show on uh, on your social media platforms, specifically uh, Twitter and Instagram at Let's Be Honest JJ. That's L-E-T-S-B-E-H-O-N-E-S-T-J-J for just Jonda. You can also join in on the daily fun and the dish and, you know, interactive with other people and of course yours truly where i'm going back and forth with you on uh in our fashion and drama diaries facebook group the link is in the bio or in the info section for the podcast also we have our 100th show coming up soon so lots of fun surprises over the past years going to talk about some of our best moments live with uh some of my favorite people who have popped in on the show and for those who may not have gone all the way back you might even get more discussion about what it means to be a sperm receptacle so we're going to, again you got you have to have been hanging with me from day one to, to kind of, or at least from that first summer to know what it is so we might talk about it we may not but uh at any rate if you uh are listening to the show and you have itunes please go over there and give us five stars and a review and follow us on any of your favorite podcast stations so wherever you go whatever you pull up you can always find us and remember as always if you want to talk about it if you're thinking about it linking about it clicking about it chances are i want to talk about it with you so let's be honest together <laughs>